Welcome to Equipping the Persecuted Radio, sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. And I just want to remind you that Equipping the Persecuted is a ministry in Nigeria that goes and does exactly what it says. It equips the persecuted, those who have been persecuted for their faith. It goes and it gives them aid. It also helps prevent um, the attacks through building up alarm towers and, of course, always bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It truly is a boots-on-the-ground ministry and one that is worthy of your support. And so you should prayerfully consider supporting them at equippingthepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Jones, and in today's show, we have a special guest, and we're going to be talking about a a very relevant topic. In fact, the topic we're going to be talking about today is one that's relevant at all times, but it's especially relevant today as the powers of darkness seem to be growing, as lawlessness seems to be abounding in our day and age, and what we're going to be talking about is spiritual warfare. But our guest today, he is the host of Soaring Eagle Radio. He's uh, a pastor who's planted actually two churches, uh, and it is none other than Dr. Mike Spaulding. Uh, Dr. Mike, how are you doing today? Pastor Sam, I'm doing fantastic and honored you would have me on the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, I, I am just really excited to have you on the show. In fact, um, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but... The very first time I ever did a radio interview, uh, we were on the same show together, uh, both being interviewed um, over on on Brandon House's uh, radio show, actually. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was was several. uh, Yeah, it was probably two or three years ago, and... Uh, that was, I think that was our first introduction there, but that was the first time I'd ever done anything with radio, and so um, I, I always have a fond memory of that, and I, I think that was a great interview, too, that day, but... Oh, yes. Um, but yes. I, uh, but I am just thrilled to have you here, because, you, you know, here's the, the thing why I'm, I'm excited, because uh, I know that you've got that, that title, Doctor, so you've done a lot of schooling, and a lot of times when people have done a lot of schooling... Uh, they, they just go and they tend to sit in a classroom afterwards, but that's not the route that you've taken. Uh, you've really taken a, a boots-on-the-ground, uh, true ministry. Um, you've done all kinds of different things, and I think that really plays into this, this true idea of spiritual warfare, and it gives you, uh, gives, we'll give the listeners a, a, in our audience today a real idea of how knowledge isn't just to go into to get our heads big, but it is to actually give us actions in our life. Yeah, that's exactly right, Sam. And I, I've said this before on a number of different platforms and occasions, that if your theology, your, your doctrine, your system of belief does not lead ultimately to action, and, and I'm talking not just action in going and, and proclaiming the gospel of, of uh, salvation through faith alone and Christ alone by the grace of God alone. There's more to that. There's, there's, so you're going to proclaim the gospel, certainly, but you can't proclaim it, turn around and walk off because those that we are proclaiming it to, well, they're broken. They are, they are, as the, the scripture says, they are perishing and, uh, and they have no hope. So sometimes we've got to unpack things for them. Other times we've got to minister to their physical needs, to their spiritual needs. And, and what I'm finding 
and more and more today, Sam, and this is this is why this program and the topic we're going to discuss today, spiritual warfare, is such an important topic for those who have joined us today to understand. Right now is is the most spiritually active day in in my entire life. I've been a believer for thirty eight years in ministry for thirty five years, pastor for almost twenty five years, and I have never seen what I'm seeing today, never seen the, the manifestation of evil. And folks need to understand, Pastor Sam, that the manifestation of evil points to a source that's pulling the strings, that is that is orchestrating this whole thing. So, so one of the issues the church has, uh, unfortunately, not dealt with very well is the idea of the supernatural realm. And I find that ironic, don't you? Because I, the gospel account is all about Jesus. What the, the, the thing that Jesus did more often than any other thing, Sam, was this. He cast out demons. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And that's, that was recently pointed out to me. And I, I never thought about it in that way, but it's, it's absolutely true. That is the biggest thing that Jesus, or the, the thing that Jesus did most, was going around casting out demons. I think it was about one-third of his ministry. Uh, he was mm-hmm. going around and casting out demons. And I think that you're exactly right. We've done a very poor job of understanding spiritual warfare and dealing with the spiritual realm. And when it comes to the spiritual warfare, I, I think because we've done such a poor job, I think it's, it's beneficial to just stop and ask probably the simplest question, uh, are we actually in a spiritual battle, and does, do we actually have spiritual enemies? Oh, boy, yeah. So, so yes, and, and yes, and, and I would just point people to um, the most often quoted passage that deals with spiritual warfare, and of course that's Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers— powers, world forces of this darkness. And he, when he says this darkness, he doesn't say the darkness. He says this darkness, what we see manifesting right here and now, and that hasn't changed, this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness. And then he gives us the origin, and that is in the heavenly places. So the scripture's testimony is that the supernatural realm is, 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 uh, consists of three heavens. We know that God's throne, his place of residence is in the third heaven. The second heaven, I believe, is where most of the spiritual warfare is being fought, but it's manifested uh, on the earth. And people say, well, how is it manifested uh, on the earth? And, and my reply is, is always, well, do you see in your city, the place that you, maybe even your own family, do you see substance abuse? Do, do, do you see addictions? Do you see broken marriages and families, uh, child abuse, child trafficking, um, inner city deterioration? Do you see issues between different groups of people? Um, because when you see that, know with um, certainty that there is a spiritual source and origin behind all of that. Now, I know people have people have free will. They make choices. But the supernatural realm influences people in those choices um, in most instances. We can't say all, 
because the flesh does play a part in that. And uh, once the enemy gets us wound up, it's very easy for us to take take it from there and just continue down that path of wickedness. So, so the evidence is all around us. Sam is is my point that the supernatural realm is is real. Uh, spiritual warfare is real. Demonic entities are real, and they are wreaking havoc today all across the world. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. And, you, you know, one of the things that I have found that really awakens you to understanding the spiritual warfare is actually getting out and confronting evil. In fact, uh, one yeah. of the things that we've we've done recently is we started having church services outside of Planned Parenthood. And praise the Lord, our uh, Planned Parenthood actually closed down. But in that, there have been a couple instances where we've had some people drive by and say some bizarre things and, and react in bizarre ways. We had one lady who drove by and, and she screams out that, uh, that, that, that she um, wants to kill all of her babies and she has eaten her babies and that we should kill them all. And in doing that, oh it, it was just very clear that this was somebody who was obviously demonically probably possessed uh, and and definitely was having some demonic influence that was going on. Uh, But before we dive any further into that, we need to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to just keep developing this idea of spiritual warfare and especially this idea that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, all these spiritual forces as what it tells us in Ephesians 6. So stay with us. We'll be right back after a quick break. God's Word tells us that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Truly, sin is a mark of America today. Every second, 28,000 people are watching pornography. Since 1973, over 65 million babies have been slaughtered on the altar of convenience through abortion, and 70% of millennials are likely to vote for a socialist. Sin truly abounds and is a reproach to our nation. But how do we get back on track and be exalted by God once again? Hi, I'm Pastor Sam Jones, and I've written a new book that traces the steps of America's fall and gives us a road to redemption. It's called Five Steps to Kill a Nation and How to Stop the Bleeding. You can get a copy of the book at theshininglightministries.com. There is a crisis happening in Nigeria. Christians are being murdered and driven from their homes at the hands of Muslim terrorists. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Equipping the Persecuted is a mission organization that helps persecuted Christians in Nigeria by sending aid directly to persecuted Christians in need. When a Christian village is attacked, Equipping the Persecuted is there to respond with food medical aid, and materials to rebuild their churches and communities. Equipping the Persecuted has boots on the ground ready to respond to an emergency. Within 48 hours of an attack, our team is there to help those in need. Prayerfully consider a monthly donation to help impact and save the lives of persecuted Christians. Equipping the Persecuted doesn't just raise awareness about persecution or just talk about it. They take action. Visit EquippingThePersecuted.org and donate today. Welcome back to Equipping the Persecuted Radio. Today we're talking about spiritual warfare with our guest, uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding. And 
Dr. Mike, just before break, I was talking a little bit about uh, this this lady who drove by Planned Parenthood screaming that she eats her babies and she wants all of the babies to, to die and, uh, and all of this, and clearly that's a manifestation of a demonic spirit. And you mentioned this yes. idea of we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Um, one of the things that, that I can recall from reading a few of your books, because you're, you're an author as well, I think this is in... Uh, either your random thoughts from disciples or uh, make the pulpit great again. It's this idea that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's this idea that we don't wrestle merely against flesh and blood. Would that be a a proper thing to say? It is, Sam, and thank you for pointing that out because that's something that Christians today use as an excuse to do nothing. And, And what I mean by that is, Yes, we, we, we wrestle against spiritual forces. We need to understand that the flesh and blood is not the origin of this wickedness and evil. But we must accept the fact, we see it with our own eyes, that people are in bondage to wickedness. They're, they're, they're lost and they are perishing, will perish in that state. And so they're being used by wicked forces to perpetrate evil. So there is a human element in it, but we are, we are cautioned. Um, we are cautioned against seeing them as the source and understanding it's what's controlling them that's behind. Now that gives us uh, an ability to have um, compassion, Sam, when we're sharing the gospel with them. Um, and I'm not talking about compassion that, um, allows them to to just do whatever they want. I'm talking about compassion in that we're going to be patient enough. Um, First Peter chapter three, always be ready in season, out of season to, to give a reason for the hope that is in you. And then as Peter works down through that, he, he, he says with gentleness and respect. Yeah, that is something that, 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 that makes me pause every time I read that, Sam, because I have to admit to you, sometimes I'm not very gentle or respectful when I'm confronted with evil. I, I want to just slap it right across the face, to be honest with you sometimes. Um, that's how much I, I, I rear up against that when I see it. Um, we can also point to the scripture, Sam, and I, and I wanted to make sure that we brought this up. Um, because people may still not be convinced. They they know about Ephesians chapter six. They've read that. Say, well, okay, but but I also want to want to bookend um, Jesus's comments and his perspective on that. And I would just draw people's attention to Matthew chapter four, and that that of course is the um, the temptation of of uh, Jesus in the wilderness. And his response to the evil one in each case was to point him back to the scriptures. But but the one temptation especially was that Satan offered Jesus all of the kingdoms of the world. Mm-hmm. Now, what's implied there, of course, is that Satan had that authority to do. It, they they were under his authority. And, of course, I they're they're still under his authority, delegated authority, I might add. <laughs> Nothing is beyond the the sovereignty of God, of course, but, but Satan is in control right now. That's going to come to an end. But so that's Matthew four. But, but when we get to Matthew chapter 12, and this is a, this is a well-known passage of scripture, pastor Sam, where um, the Jewish religious leaders came at 
Jesus because he was healing. He was casting out demons and he was healing people. Right. And and if I do I have a moment just to go through this real quick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Matthew chapter 12 uh, verses 22 through 29, then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus and he healed him. What does that mean? Well, it means that he cast the demon out and he healed the muteness. And so the mute man spoke and saw, and the crowds were amazed and were saying, this man cannot be the son of David, can he? So they thought, hey, this is the Messiah, right? But when the Pharisees heard this, that they were proclaiming him as Messiah, they said, this man casts out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. So they said, by the devil. He's only doing this by devil's power. So knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or home divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If by Beelzebul I cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast? I just love how Jesus engaged people, because <laughs> that's a beautiful retort. For this reason, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, here's the here's the uh, money verse right here. Or how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man? Then he will plunder his house. Now, my point in bringing this up is that, first of all, Jesus admits that Satan has a kingdom here. That was verse 26. Yep. If Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? But when we get to 29, Jesus gives us the process for rescuing the perishing, for bringing people into saving faith. First, you've got to bind the strong man. Mm-hmm. How can you enter a strong man's house and carry off his property when the context of this passage, the property of the strong man are lost souls? How can you carry out the lost souls that are under his authority in bondage unless you first bind the strong man then you can plunder his house then you can set the captives free that's what jesus is talking about there now that lends itself perfectly to street ministry sam because where was jesus at when he had his well jesus was always on the street yeah a lot of times he was in the temple but many 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 times he was on the streets ministering to people and pushing back against the darkness. This is one of the best arguments in all of Scripture. Um, in fact, we could cite all the other passages where Jesus sent the disciples out, sometimes two by two. And what was the first thing that he instructed them? He always told them, cast out demons. Mm-hmm. That's spiritual warfare, friends. And, and people say, well, we, we need to get back to the book of Acts. And they say, well, I, you know, I agree with that sentiment. However, I don't think the church is trained to go back to the book of Acts because talking about spiritual warfare scares the daylights out of a lot of Christians, unfortunately, when we should understand by the name of Jesus, the authority and power of Jesus that he has given to us, we cast those unclean things out of people, bind them, and they are, they are, these people are delivered then from the strong man. The yeah. church needs to get get focused on that, Pastor Sam. Absolutely. And I think that that is is something that's really important to understand because you brought forth this idea that the church uh, has really failed at understanding the spiritual aspect of it. In fact, as opposed to going into and engaging in spiritual warfare, we've instead started to engage in psychology of just trying to go and to fix the person's mind or to fix just their body mm-hmm. and going and helping them with through worldly means as opposed to actually helping them 
with spiritual means, which is, is so ironic that the church would do that. What can we be doing, and what would this look like? Yes, that's great, great questions. Now, I, I, I will say that um, spiritual warfare, um, demonic oppression, influence, uh, sometimes possession, although that's, that's rarer than what people think. There are cases where people are, are possessed of demons. There's no question about that. We see that throughout the scriptures. But in most instances, it's, it's oppression and, uh, and influence. It's brought about by a number of different things. Um, and so for the Christian, especially pastors, ministry leaders, but, 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 but every Christian should understand the dynamic here. And that is that doors are opened for unclean, wicked influences spirits if you will by uh trauma by by pain by by the things that that life throws at people and so part of the ministry to people for for example um the substance abuser uh, uh, perhaps he's a he's a drug addict in almost every instance pastor sam you can go back and you can find some kind of traumatic mm-hmm. event in this person's life that that really triggered that and opened the door for this person seeing drugs or alcohol, what, what the case might be, as something that's going to help them through this period of time. What it does, it's a hook that wicked, unclean spirits use to get a foothold in people's lives. The scripture tells us don't give an inch. Don't, don't open the door. Don't allow the enemy into your life. And, and sometimes pain and trauma does that. So along with delivering them spiritually, there is an aspect of, of inner healing that goes on. And, and what I found over the years, in a good many cases, there's also an issue of unforgiveness because people will hold on to that pain and that trauma, and they'll use it as a reason for not forgiving someone whom they believe has inflicted that on them. Well, all of that then leads to demonic influence and and oppression. So the church needs to be equipped to understand the, the total person and how you rescue the perishing, because you can bind those unclean things and cast them out of their lives and and walk with them, but you're still going to have to deal with the with the inner man, with the inner healing and, and the trauma that they've experienced. But Sam, everything that we've talked about today, that's discipleship. Yep. All of this is actually discipleship. We've we've got this, and, and I don't know where the notion came from, Pastor Sam, but but we've got this notion that we get them saved, and then we start discipling, and it's like no. That's no, no, no. That's not how the scripture presents it. You come alongside of people, and, and as and as they are willing to receive what you're pouring into them, you are discipling them, and you're going to bring them to a point. What does it say in Matthew chapter 28 that we go out into the nations, we 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 make disciples, and then it says we teach them everything that Jesus commanded or stated to the disciples. Of course, that's partially contained in the Gospels, and I say partially. Because John tells us that, man, if we recorded everything Jesus said and did, uh, and then there's a little bit of hyperbole here, of course, all of the books in the world wouldn't be able to contain it. So, right. so that's why I'd say what, what Jesus did and said was recorded, but that's only a partial record of it. And um, 
And, and so that's the total man. That's discipleship, Pastor Saint. Right, and, and Jesus is, of course, the Word made flesh, and so it, it is the entirety of Scripture. If we really want to understand yes. uh, all yes, that right. Jesus teaches us, you know, he's he's not the uh, the God of of the New Testament. He's the God of the entire Bible. Um, one of the things that you said, and I think think this is very interesting, especially thinking of the teachings of Jesus, is about the bitterness uh, or or the unforgiveness that people hold in their heart, because Jesus tells us in the the parable um, of the unjust steward. Uh, who goes and, and and he owes a debt, and he goes and he he takes that for, uh, out on somebody else after he was forgiven a great debt. Uh, but he goes and basically talks about how this bitterness uh, will go, and if if you're unforgiving in that sense, that he will go and give them over to their tormentors. And I think that really does draw a huge spiritual application there of when you are unforgiving, when you uh, do have bitterness that grows up in your life, you will actually have tormentors as as God gives you over to that sin, uh, because that's one of those, especially for the Christian, if you've been forgiven greatly and you have that unforgiveness and bitterness in your life, it's it's really a, a terrible thing. It is. It absolutely is, and, and, and you're spot on in that. Um, another passage I wanted to direct um, our listeners to today before our time is up um, Isaiah 61 is is quoted by Jesus in in Luke chapter four. Of course, this is the the famous passage when Jesus was uh, in Nazareth and he went to the synagogue. Um, Nazareth, of course, where he was brought up. Um, he entered the synagogue and and he stood up to read and and they handed him the the scroll, the book of Isaiah, and he opened it and he found this place. He said, "The Spirit of the Lord." is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And that doesn't mean poor, poverty, poor. That means poor in spirit. Um, mm-hmm. He has sent me, you catch this, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. Now, it's easy to say, yeah, those captive by sin, but then he makes it even more clear what he's talking about when he says, Recovery of sight to the blind, and I think that was physical as well as a spiritual, but it says to set free those who are oppressed. Well, who's oppressing people? Well, Jesus clearly was talking about supernatural, demonic, unclean spirits oppressing people. And um, that's right there in plain view, Pastor Sam, for us to see. And, and we could say that is our ministry. Jesus just defined our mission statement and ministry. And it fits very nice within an understanding of Matthew chapter 28 that we're to go to all the nations and do these things. And that includes casting out demons and binding those unclean things. Did you know that that seven out of the 28 chapters in Matthew's gospel have some reference to demonic activity? Seven out of 16 chapters in Mark's gospel have some reference to demonic activity, and and eight out of the 24 chapters in Luke have reference to demonic activity. And that means that at least a third, minimum of a third of the gospels, give us information on Jesus's ministry uh, of casting out demons. I find that astounding, Pastor Sam. That, that really is incredible. And un- unfortunately, we're we're running out of time here this morning. Um, but I, I want to give you one last one last thought here, uh, Pastor Mike, before we uh, have to go. And I, I think we're going to have you back, though, because we need to continue to talk about this idea of spiritual warfare. 
because there's so much to talk about with this. Um, but but yes. but what what is one last thought here that you can give our audience this uh, today? Yes. So I would just encourage people to to ask the Lord. Um, go to Psalm 26, I believe it is. You go to Psalm 26. Ask the Lord to try you, test you, to know your heart. Ask the Lord to to spiritually evaluate you and then reveal the results of his spiritual evaluation to you. And the reason that I encourage people to do that, Pastor Sam, is because I know that um, the Lord is kind and gracious, and he's going to show us those areas that we need to shore up to strengthen, but he's also going to give us an assignment. Here's what I want you to be doing in these last days. Please focus on this. And and we also know, Pastor Sam, that with the calling comes the provision or the equipping. When the Lord gives us an assignment, he also gives us every provision necessary to successfully, and, and I use successfully in the eyes of the Lord, from the Lord's perspective, to successfully complete the assignment that he gives us. That's what I would encourage people to do today. Amen. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to Equipping the Persecuted Radio, sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. Uh, Please visit our website at equippingthepersecuted.org and email us at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. And remember also to visit uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding's website, drmikespaulding.com. Thank you so much for coming on today, Dr. Mike. Everyone, remember, keep standing for the truth.